Good morning, good morning, lovely people. Um, happy, happy Wednesday. Uh, we're here today. This topic uh, was supposed to be done last week because I wanted to do a series of uh, understanding stress, anxiety and low mood, which is um, scientifically termed as depression. Uh, but today we're going to have a chance to learn more about anxiety and how we recognize the symptoms and what we can do um, to get out of this um, yet tense and uh, fearful situation. I mean, if it happens to you, you will understand that um, it, you know it can feel like your life is just ending the first time that you get an attack you know an anxiety attack most people have explained it you know it has felt like oh my god today is the day i'm going to face my creator but that is not the truth so we i have had experience of uh, anxiety and panic you know and um it's not a good feeling it's not a good thing to have and I really feel empathy for those who are still battling those feelings of nervousness and tense and worry and being afraid particularly about the things that are about to happen or just thinking that something bad could happen in the future what a way to leave being worried that something bad is going to happen so anxiety is a neutral human response i was told at the time when i first spoke to a professional about how i felt and how i thought i was under threat it can be a very a fearful experience because it comes through thought and feelings and physical sensations so it's a whole body you know it takes over your whole body so for most people, they feel anxious at times, but other people feel anxious all the time. So it's particularly common to experience anxiety while coping with stressful or events <clears throat> or changes in your life, especially if they have had a big impact on your life. So for me, anxiety came through a series of experiences that had happened to me you know um, about seven years ago which is bereavement you know grief due to grief loss and I just didn't know how to deal with it so it impacted my life a great deal I mean I have lived for 40 years and I have never ever you know I had an experience that brought me to my knees to beg just not to wake up you know so in many cases we go through such experiences especially in losing loved ones um, or even sometimes infidelity I've had people say that that is something that has really you know that betrayal has led them to feel you know like that they are not worthy of even leaving other people it has been miscarriage 
others it's been loss of employment or home others it's been a very deadly diagnosis and others it's been other other problems it might be that they range from childhood that they lived in abusive homes or women who have gone through domestic violence and abuse or those who have been sexually abused and they're victim of you know sexual violence so many things can impact our life so if you feel anxious we're experiencing a panic attack right now while i'm talking it's better you go and seek medical advice from the doctor but what is anxiety according to studies um researchers and the writers of books they say that like all animals human beings have evolved to ways to help us protect ourselves from danger so anxiety is just a fight and flight or freeze response so when you feel that you're under threat you react by releasing certain hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol which can be helpful so these hormones adrenaline and cortisol make you feel more alert so you are you can act faster remember you have sensed that you're in danger your body has started to react by releasing hormones so these hormones that have been released they make your heart beat faster so they quickly send blood to where it's needed most I mean the heart it sends the messages to the heart that is why your heart beat faster because there's these hormones in the blood so after you feel that the threat has passed our bodies keep releasing those hormones to help our muscles relax so this is why sometimes we it causes us to shake when we are anxious when we are nervous because it's your muscles that are trying to relax so the fight a flight or freeze response is something that happens automatically in our bodies and we do not have control over it so remember we talked about the changes the big changes that can have big impact on your life those are the threats that come to you through thoughts through knowing for example you're there sitting and minding your business and you get a phone call that someone you love is about to pass away or has got an accident so the reaction is that your body is going to release hormones in that state in that moment which is adrenaline and cortisol then which goes to your bloodstream and then your heart starts beating faster and then your muscles try to relax and then you start to shake that's it that is anxiety and panic attack so for me the experience i remember vividly is i was sleeping one night and my heart 
just started to palpitate. But pre-morbid, I call it, pre-morbid is a term used in psychology to, morbidity is, is disease. So pre-disease, before I had an experience of that panic, I wasn't sleeping properly. I hadn't slept for like three weeks. I mean, I was taking it very lightly and spending most time on social media because I didn't see the point of sleeping. I mean, I was worried. I just felt very isolated, lonely and confused at what has just happened. So I took three weeks without sleeping and that was not intentional. I just couldn't fall asleep because every time I tried to close my eyes, I used to see my baby. Every time I tried to close my eyes, all the events started flying in my head. And that's what happens to us when we close our eyes we start seeing things or the events start happening like you're watching a screen someone has put it in front of you and you're just watching all these events unfolding all those experiences unfolding onto you so i i got scared of going to sleep because i didn't want to see those things because when i was awake i was fine but the moment i closed my eyes someone brought a screen and put it in front of me and I started to view all the events that happened in, you know, to do with <clears throat> my, the experiences me and my son went through at the time. And it was very scary. So I didn't sleep for three weeks. And then one night when I tried to say, okay, let me try and sleep, then my heart just started to palpitate. But that experience happened when I was in Uganda because I had traveled back home to seek some joy let's say um that was the first time that i came across anxiety and the experience was, was not good i felt i was going to die first of all i was in a country where i just didn't know where the you know uh, hospital was where i was living at the time but well, managed to get there. And to be honest, none of the doctors recognized that it was anxiety. It was offered different types of drugs, which could have actually, you know, um, damaged my health. But I came back to the UK as soon as possible. And I spoke to my doctor about what had happened. And he confirmed to me that it was anxiety that was taking over me. Even though I tried to deny it, but the doctor always told me that in your subconscious mind, you have kept so many things. And this is why you're starting to feel this way. So I spent most of the you know, days and months moving forward, battling with panic attacks and feeling uh, scared. I felt like everyone in the world is waiting for me to trip over you know so that people can laugh at me because of what had happened to me so those feelings of anxiety going out of the house became a challenge at some point because i had fear of panicking and falling when i was outside or even being watched and judged by other people it was just horrible but it was just that even talking about it with your family and friends, you feel like you don't want to be judged. So you rather keep quiet. So you know that feeling when you're 
just there you know there is something but you just don't want to share it with anyone because you don't want to alarm anyone even yourself you don't want to alarm yourself because you don't know what's going on i mean sometimes the doctors can tell us things but mm, sometimes we don't believe you know they might say oh it's just a panic attack it's just an anxiety attack but your mind starts to build on you know saying no this is something greater you know for me he was always surrounded by the fear of death and because of that i feared to go and fall asleep because i thought i might die in my sleep so these experiences happen the reason why i'm talking about all these things for everything that i have you know i experienced is because i know that someone might be experiencing this and they fear to talk about it i feared to talk about it but when you do you have actually um, helped yourself and that problem loses power Jim Quick says the conscious awareness of a problem makes it powerless. When you know about a problem, you come to understand it, you put some more light on it, you're able to deal with it. Because until you know that is anxiety, how are you going to employ coping strategies? Like everything people are going to be telling you, it will be like it doesn't work. So anxiety can be calm a mental health problem if it then it starts impacting your ability to live your life as fully as you want to so it's as we say it's normal to be anxious because it's a body response but if it starts impacting how you function how you show up how you support others or how you relate to other people um you know how it affects your employment you know day-to-day -day activities then it has become a problem so your feelings of anxiety are very strong and can last for a very long time if you don't seek help those fears and worries that are out of proportion to the situation that you feel this means that compared to the problem that you are going through the impact the anxiety has on you is greater you find yourself avoiding situations that might cause you feel anxious so that means you're going to start isolating yourself at home in my incidents i switched off my whatsapp i went off facebook i switched off my phone and i didn't want to talk to anyone ever felt like that you worry you feel very distressed very distressed or you're hard to control you have no control over any thought that comes in your head like if they tell you that this has happened you're going to overthink it and you would not have control over anything that falls into your mind you regularly experience symptoms of anxiety which is uh, panic attacks heart palpitations i think heart palpitation is one of the things that you know happen and if you ever feel like your heart is just jumping for no reason that means you have gone under a big 
change in your body, which is you've started to produce those hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. You find it hard to go about your everyday life and doing things that you enjoy. Slowly, you start losing interest in the things that you used to like, the food, the parties, the friends, the self-care bit. I used to love hair and nails and going to the saloon and I stopped doing all those things. I just wanted to stay in bed and just close my curtains and just be in the dark. So, anxiety can go further if left untreated and it can become an anxiety disorder. So, it's possible to experience these problems of anxiety without having a specific diagnosis because the anxiety and panic is not a diagnosis, it's until it becomes an anxiety disorder that it becomes a big problem. So this is why we, as a mental health first aider, or the mental health first aid community, we always want to teach people about being aware of what it is. You catch it at its onset so that it doesn't become a diagnosis. Once it becomes a disorder, sometimes, you know, it's hard. So there are many disorders that are related to anxiety, including generalized anxiety disorder. This means that you're having regular or uncontrollable worries about many different things in your everyday life. Because there's a lot of possible symptoms, this can be quite a broad diagnosis. So I don't want to go into all that. Then there's also what they call social anxiety disorder. This diagnosis means you experience extreme fear of anxiety triggered by social situations. You don't want to go to like parties, workplaces or anywhere. You know, your everyday situations, you don't want to talk to anybody. So most people call it social phobia. Uh, you can read more about it if you experience this and you can seek help with this. And then there's panic disorder. This means that you're having regular or frequent panic attacks without a clear cause or trigger. So because your body has got you used to being, you know, in, in a, a mode of panic, you keep experiencing panic every time. You know, you're constantly feeling afraid or having, or even having another panic attack. You even fear when you don't have a panic attack, you fear that, oh, why have I not had a panic attack? So it's a very confusing situation. Another is phobias. This is extreme fear of particular situations such as going outside or particular objects such as spiders or heights or water or flying. You've got a phobia for things. And another one is post-traumatic stress disorder. This is a diagnosis you may have if you've been, you know, uh, developed an anxiety problem after going through something you found very, very traumatic. And usually this happens to people who have experienced war or usually soldiers or veterans, people who went to fight or people who have been um, attacked, um, uh, mugged or um, beaten, you know, 
uh, or tortured. I think the best word to use is torture. And then you have the obsessive compulsive disorder, which is OCD. You may be given this diagnosis if you involve yourself. You find yourself repetitively, you know, having thoughts and behaviors or urges to do things. So OCD is usually related to, you know, if you find yourself cleaning all the time, you want spaces to be clean, if things are not clean, you, you have a problem. It might be that you have OCD. So it's about thoughts and behavior. And then health anxiety, this means you experience obsessions and compulsions relating to illness, including researching symptoms on Google or checking to see if you have them. This was one of mine. I used to read about everything on Google just to find out whether I was dying or not. You know, at one point I'm told I have cancer and another point I'm told I'm, ha I'm having a tumor. And another time I'm told I'm having a brain, you know, disease or something. It was so horrible. I don't advise anybody to ever go to Google to search for your symptoms. Just go to the medical doctor and let them check you out. Because the culprit website I know is web med oh my god stay away from that site if you want to be happy so another one is body dysphonic disorder this means you experience obsessions and compulsions relating to your physical appearance and then another one is perinatal anxiety or perinatal ocd some people develop anxiety problems during pregnancy this is what sometimes is termed as postnatal depression um it normally occurs in the first year of giving birth. So you may not have or want a diagnosis of a particular disorder, but it will be still be useful to learn more about this different diagnosis to help you think about your own experience of anxiety and consider options for support. So this is why it's very useful to, for you to have a knowledge of what this is. So we've gone through all the types. Uh, the types are all disorders and th those are diagnoses that can be done by the doctor. You do not have to um, diagnose yourself. All you need to do is go and speak to a doctor just if you can identify the symptoms. That will be great. So that is anxiety. Just know, remember, it's a natural reaction. It started from somewhere. It started by you being exposed to something. And it led, you know, for you to react in, well, your body reacted, you didn't react. Your body reacted because it sensed danger. So it went in a fight, flight and freeze mode. Simple. But you need to get help. It's not just something that can go away easily. There are very many things which we're going to be talking about, treatments and therapies that you can engage in to know that this is what it is. Yeah. So just to have a, a quick recap of some of the symptoms which we've always talked about here, but just to make you aware that the fear and that and anxiety can cause significant problems in the areas of your life. So you need to take it seriously 
areas of your life can include social interactions, school or work or marriage or parenting. This, if left untreated, you know, you, you wouldn't want to, you know, end up like that. So the earlier the better, prevention is better than cure. But once you know um, what it is, you can always um, overcome it like I did. So if you find yourself feeling restless or feeling on the edge, it's very, very common to start feeling like that without even no reason. You just start to worry about something might go wrong, you know, uh, being easily fatigued, you get tired all the time, having difficulty concentrating, your mind go, goes blank sometimes, you're forgetting things, you find yourself being irritable with every small thing that is said to you or done, even, you know, the common thing for me was, you know, house chores or housework, I would feel like it's a whole mountain of things for me to do, you know, I was just so tired. And having muscle tension, the muscle spasms was very common for me when I was sleeping at night. Um, I could just, it, that would, you know, stop me from sleeping and I just get angry because things started just to spasm in my, in my body. Those maybe were my muscles contracting or relaxing, I don't know, but it's very uncomfortable. Difficulty controlling fearing, feelings of worry. Yes, that's very common as well. You just keep running this show in your head about all the things that have gone wrong in your life you know it was very common for me actually to even go into my childhood and get out all the painful events and then bring them back in the present moment and i started to think about them and just found myself in total sadness having sleep problems that was very common for me uh, I found it very difficult falling asleep and when I did, I only slept for two hours and woke up. I didn't stay asleep. I was very restless and I always had an unsatisfying sleep. Like I would sleep and just get, you know, even though I sleep, I wake up very, very tired. I used to have very, very scary nightmares. Um, you know, those everything that was going on in my mind during the day, it came back in the dreams and it all scared me. And I would jump out of sleep, my heart was palpitating literally, heart attack, you know, heart palpitations would wake me up from sleep. My ears were um, ringing, it's called, I think, tinnitus. I think. I don't know whether I've said that correctly, you can read about it, but it, when every time you put your head down in the pillow. You feel like something is, you know, um, uh, banging or thumping or something is just going. It just makes you feel like you you can't even just close your eyes and just stay there and sleep. It's a very, very annoying situation to be in. So having those unexpected panic attacks in moments where you don't you're not even, you know, thinking about it. It just comes, uh, <clears throat> all of a sudden your heart starts pounding. You definitely, when you check your heart rate, it's at, it's at accelerated. I used to go to hospitals all the time, calling the ambulance. And every time I go to the hospital, they said, you're fine. 
you know, there was, I wasn't having a heart attack. I wasn't dying, but in my heart, I thought I was. Uh, sweating, trembling or shaking, sensations of shortness of breath. This is very common. This is why breathing is one of the things that we're going to be talking about as a first aid to uh, panic attacks. Uh, feelings of impending doom. You feel like bad things are going to happen. And this was very common. For me, I felt like everybody in my family was going to die including me <laughs> oh my god it was so bad okay i'm sorry that i have to tell you all these things because i'm thinking there might be someone feeling like this feelings of being out of control yeah out of control you can't you don't have anything that you you can control everything is just too much for you you have excessive worry about encountering the objects that you fear or the situations or environment for me it was always going back to the hospital where i had my baby and that town i hated it for a very long time i had excessive worry if i have to go back to that town as it happened to you that when you're passing by a hospital where you lost somebody your heart starts to become nervous it's common we go back to places of you know where we've laid our loved ones and you feel we we feel bad but i think the more we go back the more we get used to it so there were certain places there were certain things that made me feel worry as long as they were connected to that situation so what you do is you take active steps to avoiding that places so I used to avoid driving down to that town and used a longer route just so that I don't pass the hospital or even see a sign that led there so I struggled a long time and this is something that happens to us this is why we all have a different time of reference for example if I'm driving in a car with someone who knows my experience but they might not know how I'm feeling at the time Many cases I used to drive down with friends and family, but for me, my thoughts were quite different from their thoughts. My attention was always looking out for signs, you know, about the hospital, about, you know, everything. And I was just constantly worried and I never wanted to go to that town, but people will never understand why I don't want to go there. But that was it. I had that excessive worry about encountering again that environment. I experienced immediate intense anxiety upon getting into that environment. I usually ended up getting a panic attack and the steps I took is I'm not going to go back. So yeah. It can bring so so that was a phobia for me but I had to go back several times again and again again and again so that I can get used and eventually the pain became less so there are very many symptoms of you know uh, anxiety these are just a few if you want to just read about them so the risk factors according to researchers um 
if you come across anyone who has uh, anxiety, the risks may vary according to a diagnosis. So, but some of them that I know or I'm aware of is the people with anxiety have temperamental traits of shyness or behavior inhibition in childhood or exposure to stressful and negative life, uh, history of anxiety and other mental illness, some physical health conditions such as thyroid or heart <clears throat> arrhythmias, or caffeine or other substance medications they may use, and also um, physical health problems such as gastro and in, in, in intestinal problems you know like if you have like problems i mean people always say oh i have ulcers i have too much acid i have heartburn usually all those things are related to your worry or oh, those are the risk factors for anxiety so this is why we need to treat them so what are the treatments first it's psychotherapy talking therapy that's why i keep telling everybody you need to go and seek therapy start talking about these problems with a professional um, therapists can use cognitive behavior therapy uh, this is a therapy that can help you with your anxiety it teaches you ways of thinking behaving and reacting to an anxiety producing or fearful of digital situations it just really just gets you ready uh, for when you have started feeling all these symptoms so another one is medication it does not cure anxiety disorder but it can help relieve the symptoms so medication for anxiety should only be prescribed by doctors such as a psychiatrist or a primary care provider if you have like your personal doctor when you talk about these they can also see some psychologists can do this as well uh, but the most class of medications used to combat these kinds they're called benzodiazepines or antidepressants and beta blockers but all these should be prescribed by the doctor because of the effects that they carry uh, so another form is using uh, complementary therapies. So for us in this support group, we talk about the complementary therapies such as med mindfulness and meditation. So um, these are all stress management techniques that can help with anxiety. This is what we learn here. So we do not prescribe we do not um you know diagnose but we can it's just stress management techniques that we we learn here to help you to actually enhance you to go even seeking therapy if you feel that this is taking over your life so support groups this is where you are right now to coming to meet those people who have been um who have gone through the problem and here they are they are sharing like i'm sharing today about my experience um 
you know, I'm not just advising, I'm just sharing my experience so that you can know that this is normal and you can also seek help. And I'm also a mental health first aider just to help you understand, you know, I listen and, you know, without judgment and then I help you to understand your situation. And then I encourage you to go and speak to a doctor so that you can follow any treatment advice through. It's not very good to find advice on the internet or through someone. I need to stress this, that you need to speak with a doctor. Speaking to trusted friends is good. You know, a member of your church can also be good. But sometimes those are not experienced psychologists or psychiatrists. So you might get some form of judgment. So you've got to be aware because some people might not have experiences of mental health and the community where we come from, there's a lot of stigma associated with mental health. So um, you might, you know, find mixed messages about how other people understand it. So it's necessary for you to know that when you're starting to speaking to someone who is not a professional, but it's not bad to speak about you know, you're worried to people if you're worried about something, then maybe they can give you advice, but be very careful that sometimes some people can be very judgmental and they can, there's stigma associated with this. So that is anxiety for us today. If you have any questions about it, please, you can link with me privately and we talk about it. Remember we said it's human. It's until it starts disrupting with your personal life that it becomes hard. So if you know anyone going through that and you have seen that these changes in their lives, they don't want to associate anymore. They are really isolating themselves. Um, this knowledge that you have got today can help save a life before it becomes a disorder. Because you don't want the anxiety and panic to become a disorder. Because then that means you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life or even then starts coming, you know, becoming into depression. So the next time we're going to be talking about depression and um, how it can be managed. Because as you can see here, there's a difference. I have not spoken about low mood. This is just panic. This is just the opposite. I think this is high mood in a way because everything is uh, heightened in a way. Whatever you're feeling, you feel like you just want to fight or fly, fight or fly or freeze. But with depression, it's just a deep, low mood. The person with depression is going to experience different symptoms from the person experiencing anxiety. So those are the differences that we want to learn about and know which one. We've started with stress and now today we've covered anxiety. The next time we're going to be talking about depression. I hope you have yourself a wonderful day. Take care.